0: Welcome to Idea Factory Giveaway, a guest-guided mapping expedition to the borders of human creativity. This is my normal voice.
1: (laughs) I'm your co-host John, and this is all my fault.
0: I'm your co-host Besha, and I'm still reluctantly considering the possibility that this is also my fault. How's it going, John?
1: <laughs> it goes well. I uh, I just I love your normal voice, and I I feel like you know I just I just want to be friends with it at all oh. at all times.
0: Oh, it's it's oppressively cheerful. <laughs> it would be pretty, pretty difficult to be friends with. I can't, I, I can't I could hang with people that aren't. Depressed at least 10% of the time. I
1: mean, you know, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> How's it going? How's it going up? In, up? Uh, are you escaping the um, the heat wave that seems to be baking the rest of the West Coast?
0: We have... It, it hasn't been worse than usual. It It is way huh. too hot here for me because it turns out I liked living in the Bay Area and always having to carry a light sweater. Mm. But... <laughs> But yeah, we're not doing that. Like, one of my friends is posting just photos on Instagram of, like, a progression of the temperature in Pasadena over the course of the day. And I'm like, I mean, it's your fault. Uh, uh,
1: uh, yeah, it sounds hellish. I don't understand how any of my friends in LA are still alive. It's 115 fucking degrees. That's, I mean, that's like Death Valley temperature. It that is. That's just, it's madness. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, for our part, it has gotten. I will say that it's gotten hot up in Oakland, but uh, you know, I mean, I've I don't have any AC. I've just I've have cu- shut all the blinds in the house, and uh, I've you know, I mean, I'm, I have yet to die, so I I feel I feel pretty good about where we are. Uh, we'll, we'll see if I'm still alive come three o'clock, but uh, you know, yeah. As for right now,
0: a, a fun thing about Portland is that everyone's in denial about how hot it gets and i hear that to some extent people think this might be global warming is that it has progressively gotten worse in the summer um but mm. so nobody has an ac and they're like Psh, ACs. <laughs> those are for tourists <laughs> well fu- the last ooh, time i've got one but only in one room
1: yeah yeah no the, the last time i was in portland it hit like it hit a hundred degrees a couple of yes, days it uh, and it was yeah it was hideous
0: Kind of like when I when I was used to live in Boston, nobody had air conditioner because they had this like Puritan strain of, you know, you deserve this, you should suffer this.
1: <laughs> it, I mean, there, I would have to assume that cities in the South at least embrace air conditioning.
0: As far as I know, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, my yeah. my partner is like, yeah, of course you have air AC.
1: I mean, yeah. I've I've got a friend in Phoenix who uh, I, she must have air conditioning.
0: Oh yeah, Phoenix will kill you.
1: Right? Because you, yeah. I mean, like it's a dry heat. It'll, it'll just, it'll bake. It would otherwise, it would bake the moisture right out of your body.
0: Yeah, and then you'd just be like cartoon skeletons with tumbleweed.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of what I what I picture the, pop, the entire population of Arizona to be in any case. So you know, I mean, that's Ooh, that's harsh. <laughs> Is it perhaps time for us yes. to introduce our valued guest?
0: Past
2: time. Welcome, valued <laughs> guest. Hello, hello. I've been biding my time. I have so much to weigh in on. But uh, I can't
1: I want wait. To Everybody, wait my turn. please meet my excellent friend, Jerry Ann, uh, who is uh, calling in from the great state of New York, my home state.
2: Yes, also from a heat wave, also without air conditioning, also just like sweating in a sauna. So God am just uh, raising my sweaty fist to all of you <laughs> in, in unity.
1: Do you, I mean, uh, are you in a place, uh, I, here's the thing about being in the Bay Area is that I feel like I have mosquito privilege. Like yeah, I haven't had know. to deal with mosquitoes since I moved here in like 2001
2: uh but more importantly in my opinion is you don't have humidity and that makes all of the difference in the world yes so uh i you know for our listeners at home i spent the last 15 years in san francisco so i know very well what mr song is talking about um but about a year and a half ago i moved back to new york like in the Catskills, in the mountains, in the Hudson Valley. So you get all of the humidity, all of the bugs, everything that is awful about heat in summer. I will take 100-degree dry heat any day of the week. You just tell me when you want to swap places on there.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, but I mean, you know, on the bright side, you get actual seasons back, which is nice.
2: Yeah, I mean... Two out of four of them are fantastic, and then the other two are woefully uncomfortable. So uh, just trying to acclimate to that. But I love winter and I love fall, but you're just like soggy and wet all spring, covered in mud. And then in the summer... Like, you forget how you're standing still, but you're dripping with sweat mm. because of the humidity. And you forget about that when you think of summer memories of like, oh, I'm in the pool and I've got my watermelon and oh, shorts and yeah. I'm outside. No, it's miserable. <laughs> I just, I want to hide inside.
1: <laughs>
2: summer. <laughs> it's a false hope yeah that you have
0: yeah i i don't i'm gonna start a campaign i was i spent four years in boston and i do not forget i remember very vividly how i was constantly like my entire shirt was soaked through and i was like praying for those those like summer rains where it suddenly the humidity actually gets so
2: high that it just starts raining hmm. It was great. Yeah. I left New York about 15 years ago when I moved to San Francisco, so it's like childbirth. I totally <laughs> forgot. I just don't remember the pain. Oh, shit, this is terrible. What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> do, do,
1: do, do. Perhaps it is also time to let everybody know what the deal is with this show. What do we think? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, very good. <laughs> um, you have my vote. If you are new to the show, here's what's going on. Every time I've had an idea, I've written it down for 10 years, and now there are hundreds of them, but some of them might be amazing. They're all in a big spreadsheet, and it's time to give them away right now. Jerry ann is going to tell us what she's found in the pile, Besha and I are going to help her figure it all out. If you hear one you like, it's yours to run with. I just want credit. I want to cut. Jerry what is first yeah. on your list? So,
2: I'm so excited for this, because... I've known you a very long time, uh, Mr Song, So this feels like I get to like take a peek inside the vault that is your incredible mind. So I I just wanna I wanna dig in. There's a lot to get through here. So I thought maybe we could just start off gently. And I would like to um refer everyone to Psalm 22 in their prayer books entitled (laughs) Dinners Against Humanity. Please tell me more about this.
1: Oh, Okay. Okay. This. All right. This was a. Um, this was a variant. I'm fairly certain this was a variant of a, a great idea that a buddy of mine had a, a while ago. Um, he'd called it "Pie's Against Humanity," and it was all it was was just um, uh, he got a whole bunch of people together in like a, like a boardroom, basically, and uh, we were all just going to play Cards Against Humanity together. But also, people were bringing pie. So <laughs> we had like five or six different pies, and then you know, like there were two different games going of cards. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, I feel like I wanted to do that, but also, but instead of pies, just have like a big dinner party, and then you know, and then just play cards against me. This was before um, Slash came out, though. Which
0: oh I, yeah, I would I, I would do that right?
1: Yeah, Slash is I feel like the superior. Um, in fact, Jorian.
2: We've played this together. I feel we have, like you but, introduced uh, for, me
1: to this game.
2: Possibly. But for our friends at home who are not familiar, uh, would one of you like to explain, Slash? It's... it's- I mean, it's basically, it's,
1: it's, it's played the same way that you would play a Cards Against Humanity or an Apples to Apples, where, you know, one person holds a card and they're like, okay, I need everybody else, you know, who's playing to, to give me to a match, match for this card. card. Yeah. But okay. what it is, is you're creating romantic pairings. And all of the cards are characters from books, movies, uh, TV shows, like every pop culture thing that exists, historical figures even. And so you will end up being like, okay, I want you to give me the perfect romantic match for Gandalf the Grey. And everybody just has to pick from their hand of cards and be like, oh, fuck, I don't know. Uh, And it is... It's hilarious and excellent. uh, And I highly recommend it.
2: A++. One of the best game nights ever. And I do finally recall that we played it on Valentine's Day. Oh my god, we did. (laughs) Yeah. So... Uh, highly recommend that game but i have to say if i'm if i'm being honest i am a little disappointed with what uh dinners against humanity turned out to be <laughs> i was expecting something where like you draw cards of like a side dish an entree a salad whatever it is and then you just have to like make that dinner and it's all like flapdash. <laughs> holy
1: mixed. shit whoa that's an amazing idea that is
2: Well, you came up with it. I just saw the title and I inferred what that meant. No, I think
1: the exact. I I came up with the title, but you came up with the idea, and it's (laughs) awesome.
2: Right. Well, okay, so let's say, you know, the analogy of the game, whoever is the person with the black card, you know, maybe they'll say, okay, Thanksgiving, but then when the other people with the white cards, you know, they are, wait, am I saying this backward? It's the white card is the person who's... No, I think the black card is is the... Right, right, right. Okay, either way. So then... You know, the people attending the dinner party, they'll have to just choose from this pile, this deck of cards, and they might pull out, you know, pizza, whatever it is. Oh. But because you need to make a Thanksgiving themed pizza, you have to like fit your dish into the theme.
1: God. Oh. Yeah. Or, or even just ingredients, you know, it's just like, or it's like, I'm, right. I'm making, you know, like I'm making a, like a roast uh, and then you know, everybody else has to like throw down. Yeah. Like, oh, Wow. Wow. Yeah,
2: that could get interesting. <laughs> like, you draw a card that says popcorn. You could go so many ways with yeah. that, depending on what the theme is. So,
1: My version would definitely, um, I would I would remove all of the condiment cards.
2: Oh, John. Oh, yeah, for sure. John. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would just get so, you know, spicy so fast, I think. No matter what, everything ends in rooster sauce around <laughs> yeah, our <that's> friends' true. <laughs>
1: I'm just saying I'm just saying but that is that, no that is an amazing idea and somebody should steal it
2: yeah that was great collaboration love it nice okay so now that we're warmed up let's dig into something a little meatier Uh-oh. uh oh so you have an item here called stilt basketball that's s-t-i-l-t oh okay. playing basketball wearing stilts I have so many follow-up <laughs> questions, but first, uh, please give us an overview of what you envisioned. I,
1: I, I I'm not entirely sure whether it is uh, it is like a, a version of basketball where regular people, like let's say you know, like me and oh, I mean. Yeah. Right, where like we get to wear stilts so that we become the height of your average NBA player, and then we just play basketball. Or I if it's, or though there's another version where <laughs> where actual you get people NBA who are actually players. in the NBA to wear stilts <laughs> and they just become extra tall, and you have them play but basketball. But the baskets
2: that way. are the same height. Oh. <laughs> Is that how you envision this?
1: I I honestly I I'm not sure that I even thought it through to that extent. The th- the thing about about the ideas that I have is that I just write them down and I don't like if if I have the the inspiration to elaborate on them immediately I will but otherwise it's just sort of like I have the idea and I, I write it down and then it's out of my brain and I don't think about
0: it anymore. Right, right. From your brain to your pen with no real.
2: That's a stroke of genius. (laughs) Yes, yes. Because when I read this, immediately I thought, um, you know, of just uh, professional players wearing
0: stilts.
2: And I envisioned that the baskets would be higher. But I guess the reason why my brain went there is I I don't know if you guys have been reading these stories or or hearing about, uh, they call it the the Elam ending, which is kind of like, they're trying to come up with ways to make basketball more enjoyable because it's just goddamn infuriating (laughs) when you're watching a game and everyone, like, the last 10 minutes take half an hour, an hour, because people just keep fouling and it just takes so long. People are running out the shot clock. Either way, like, it just has become a farce. And so basketball is not as enjoyable as it used to be, so people are trying to come up with ways to make it more interesting, more watchable, and so that's immediately where my mind went. like This is like another basketball adjustment to make things a little more interesting. <laughs> and this is just how the
0: p- sport is played now, forever.
2: Right. I mean, still, it's, it's not a bad idea. I no. could see, um, you know, it'll open up the field for d- different-heighted <laughs> people, but... Um, Yeah, I I don't really follow sports ball, full full disclosure, confession. But it was fascinating. I don't know. I I think I was listening to a podcast, a a, uh, a foe, if you will. (laughs) Um, But uh, they were talking about how um, this proposed change to the rules in basketball would be that when the game clock hits three minutes, they just turn the clock off. And so for those last three minutes, um, whoever scores seven more points is the one who wins. Oh so people won't just keep fouling and, you know, free throws, and it'll just be like sudden death, basically. <laughs> and so it's fascinating. And, you know, Nate Silver did all of the stats on this, and, you know, they looked at percentage-wise, you know, Curtly, the amount of points scored in the last 10 minutes of a game, yada, yada. And so – like there's Mensa members who've written articles about this because it's like a viable thing and it makes sense.
1: That is. What do I know? No, that's yeah, that's fascinating. I um, I, I don't I don't follow sports either, but I do enjoy reading about them from time to time. Uh, just yeah, wow, fuck.
2: Yeah, so I refer you to the the L-M ending is what they're calling it, E-L-A-M. That's the guy who authored this study, basically. Okay. Even if you don't like sports, it's definitely worth a read. I think it's interesting. It. And then um, we should all start commenting, add stilts. Add stilts. The <laughs> only
0: thing this is missing is stilts. Okay, <laughs> so I am now doing research on stilts. Because I was like, wait, <laughs> don't you need to hold on to them with your hands too? Mm, um, and mm. I am learning that stilts have come a long way. A uh, quick DuckDuckGo image search, um, sponsored by DuckDuckGo, uh, gives you like <laughs> two or three shots of the old school wooden stilts that I am picturing when I think of the word stilts. And then everything Indeed. else looks like um, like performance Paralympics gear. Like, oh yeah! They've got like they've got, titanium like, springs. Please tell titan- me they're made of titanium. Some, I'm sure yes. some of these are. <laughs> they look like some Spring heeled Jack shit combined with like the Paralympics. And apparently that's where stilts have gone these days. I don't
2: really know. And then you can spray paint them to match the team colors. Yes. It's just just part of your uniform. And they now you strap could put logos on. on there. They strap on. Nike's yeah. yeah. like Nike so your stilts hands are free. Yeah. Everyone wants, uh, yeah. Everyone's going to want to get their hands on those Air Jordan Nike stilts. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. And I love it. going to want to get their brand on stilts. hmm <laughs> Hashtag brand on stilts. <laughs>
1: <Jesus>.
2: <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so now that we've worked up a sweat talking uh-huh. about basketball, mm-hmm. Let's talk about the, as it were, uh, let's talk about the International Bureau of Tacos.
1: Okay, <laughs> it's, it's very similar to the International Bureau of Dumplings, um, except that I'm not certain that every culture, uh, in, in the way that every culture uh, on earth has at some point invented the dumpling... Um, I'm not sure that the same can be said for tacos. However, I'm fairly certain that every culture on Earth has invented something that would be delicious in a taco. Oh. So, so basically, yeah. So it's like, um, you know, it's it's the same kind of thing where it's a restaurant and um, there's like, uh, you know, a place you, you where like there's it's a, almost like just like one big line. Like like at a subway or a Chipotle or something where there's like tortilla at one end, but then like there's just a vast array of ingredients and and you know like a person to make you the tacos and you just get to pick like what you want in there. It's like uh, you know what uh, Italian sausage or how about uh, General Tso's chicken um, and then you know like whatever you feel like would go good on top of it. And at the end of it, uh, you know your 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 tray is is simply weighed and uh, you are charged based on the weight of your you know of so it's taco. it's just yes or, or your plate of tacos you know because um, or maybe maybe you're charged okay. on a per taco like I'm not sure exactly. They're, they're, they're,
0: it's like a salad bar except it's a taco bar and it's
2: much more interesting. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So, again, my mind went to a completely different place when I read this, okay. and uh, <laughs> I guess it's uh, from living in San Francisco for so many years, mm-hmm. because San Francisco takes their tacos and their burritos very, mm-hmm. very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, even though I'd lived there for so long, I, I never fully understood the depth of this obsession. I really tried and I would go on taco curls and burrito curls and people <laughs> would, you know, argue over papalote or whatever. But um, so I was just coming from that background. I imagine that this International Bureau of Tacos was like, you have to be so in the know and so like in the inner circle of Mexican cuisine that when you're traveling abroad, let's say you're in Germany, you like flash a secret pass that shows that you're in the (laughs) international tacos and like you're worthy of eating in this taco restaurant. Because we all know, yes, to a secret room, right? Because we all know (laughs) that outside of like California or we'll, we'll say the southwest of the United States and Mexico, obviously, but outside of like the country of origin, you really can't find good Mexican food. It's pretty terrible. And this is someone, you know, I'm born and raised in New York, living in New York again. There's terrible Mexican food here. (laughs) So I feel like I need this International Bureau of Tacos card so that I can just flash this pass at the embassy, like show my passport, and then they like direct me to where the secret good tacos are.
1: I'm in awe. That is a, that's a brilliant idea. Like,
2: fuck. like you're traveling in Australia and you're like, oh man, I really need a taco. Yeah. And then you're like, let me check my visa status. Okay, good. <laughs> my international bureau of tacos pass. Still I valid. have a visa for Australia. Yeah, exactly. Let me go get it stamped. Yeah. And you go to the embassy and that. Yeah. See, I envisioned
0: God. this more like an International Bureau of Weights and Measures for tacos that would improve mm. international standards in taco creation so that you wouldn't have to eat those crap tacos. But I right. do kind of like belonging to secret societies. So I'm
2: sold on <laughs> Yeah.
1: That. Yeah, agreed. These
2: are all valid interpretations. <laughs> I think there might even be a way to combine all three.
1: Oh, I, 100%. Uh, I love all of these.
2: Okay, so uh, shall we move on to another topic? Yes. That I have selected for us. Now, uh, I know we've been talking about tacos and food, and so this segue hopefully will not um, make everyone throw up from nausea. <laughs> but we're going to move on to uh, a theme park. Okay. idea. Okay. And this theme park has to do with you go in and you just flip switches and open airplane doors. And that's it.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's, right. It's a theme park. So there's
2: no loop to loop necessarily, like you're gonna throw up your tacos on the roller coaster. But still, this is a theme park I very much want to go to.
1: Right, like it's 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 full of like buttons and switches and all the like, you know, they're like big red buttons and stuff where like don't hit this or don't pull this switch or whatever. And you just Fuck do that. It. You get to do it. like you know like yeah and it there's there's like five different plane interiors you know and like because i imagine this would be a fairly high throughput park where like you know where like somebody you finally get to like to like pull the emergency hatch and like do the thing and deploy the slide and like fuck yes like
2: everyone wants to do that slide yes everyone
1: yes that so that's yeah that's what it is
0: (laughs) One of my friends gave me this little fidgety thing that I think must have come from, like, Ink or something that is a cube with, like, buttons to push on one side and then switches to flip on another side and then a little dial that you can rotate on another one. And I don't even remember what else. And it was, like, a small version of that that yeah. was very satisfying to hold in your pocket and just keep flipping it over and slipping the switches. But it didn't have that additional thrill of signs that say, do not push this button. So I feel like right this it is it is related but this this is still a niche that needs to be filled. Uh, like
1: yeah. so many like decommissioned airplane and helicopter cockpits. You just get to sit in it and just yeah. flip all oh, the fucking switches. Like
2: Yes, precisely. So uh I don't want to brag, but humble brag. <laughs> I actually went to astronaut training <laughs> so at NASA. And so uh a big section of that that training while I was there was you sit in the cockpit of a spaceship and you have to push all the dials and things but you know so that they actually work because you're in a flight simulator (laughs) but let me tell you my only urge was to just push every button (laughs) move every handle because everything is on the ceiling above your head all in front of you all around you and I like took all of my control to like just fly the thing, don't push any of the buttons, but I just wanted to be that kid in an elevator that just, like, pushes every button to see what it does. Right? So, just from that experience, I can tell you, I will be first in line at this theme park, but I also, when I read this, I, in my mixed up head, had a different interpretation slightly. I kind of imagined it almost like a combination escape room. So you're in the cockpit of the plane or the spaceship or whatever, but you have to find the combination Ooh. of buttons and levers and everything to actually get out of that cockpit and into another room. So you have to push everything and poke everything to find yeah. the escape. <laughs> I'm so encouraged.
0: I always cheat up yes. puzzles like that in video games, for the record. But I would do it yeah. them.
2: <laughs> it's like, so satisfying in person, though. <laughs> exactly. It's not quite it's, the same. I, yeah. I find
0: it annoying Digitally. when I just want to get to the, like, companion romances in Dragon Age that I have to figure out what buttons to push in what order to make the flames light up. But the tactile part of that, of going tick tac right.
2: ah, there, it's not just buttons it's like switches yeah. and levers and it's like above your head or like below you and then it's maybe it's some like dials that that
0: have like the little for sure yeah that mm-hmm. have the little dip in them that you can put your finger in to turn them mm-hmm. and then
2: you feel each oh. click as you turn it ah,
1: oh yeah, yeah. there would actually also be uh, like a science fiction version of this where you sit in the Millennium Falcon cockpit because oh, like yeah. oh for sure right, all the switches and that fucking hyperdrive lever like yes
2: Okay, yes. so yeah, my significant the other... The Enterprise is clearly
0: here, too. Oh, that, too. For sure. Uh, yes. My, sig- my significant <laughs> other is a, is a big... Really, I think he's more of a Harrison Ford fan than a Star Wars fan. And he told me that apparently Harrison Ford sat down in the set and was like, okay, how do I drive this?
1: And they were like... <laughs>
0: it's a set. And he was like, yeah, but it needs to look real. And so he figured out what he wanted to do to drive the Millennium Falcon because they were just like, I don't know. We stuck some buttons on it.
2: It looked cool. (laughs) He's a pilot. That makes sense.
0: It's true. Harrison
2: Ford is like a a pretty high level pilot from what I understand. Yeah. Although Uh, I wonder if that predates. I wonder if that came oh, yeah. from flying the Millennium the Falcon. chicken or the egg. <laughs> right. Like, did he get interested in flying because of the Millennium Falcon yeah. or the other way around? Fascinating. Yeah,
1: I don't, yeah, I don't know the answer.
2: Interesting. We'll, well, have to, we'll have to find. We'll put an asterisk on this. <laughs> I, could, <laughs> I could actually follow just up for lean that. into the other room and be like,
0: hey, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> you would absolutely know off the top of his head, but this is a podcast for, for ideas, not for... Making my significant sure. other do tr- do tricks like a performing monkey. <laughs>
2: We're not here to fact check. This is not about fact. <laughs> this is about imagination.
0: <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love, I love fact that. checking. <laughs> <laughs> On the spot internet
2: research is half of my role here. I think.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and now I would like to discuss atheist charity work.
1: Oh, huh. hell yeah!
2: So, yeah. So there weren't really notes in here about this, okay. but I mean, I think it's pretty uh pretty self-evident that every time you want to go do charity work, they want to involve Jesus and God with that. Mm-hmm. And yes. Um, So, tell me more about what you had in mind for atheist charity work.
1: So, I mean, the basic deal, right, is just that, like, okay, like, if you're an atheist and you just believe there's no God and no heaven, no afterlife, that means that, like, it's even more important to treat people nice in this world, right? So there, I mean, shouldn't there be a shit ton of atheist charities that their, their whole deal is like, hey, fuckers, like, why don't we improve the world that we're living in right now? Uh, and we're gonna do it. So help or don't.
0: Hell yeah.
2: <laughs> right.
1: Like, I, yeah, I, I feel like, I mean, it's, it's weird that there isn't at least one prominent one.
2: Yeah, that is
0: interesting. I mean, they're are definitely secular organizations, but there are there are none that are explicitly like we're here to. Well, I don't know about that actually. The secular humanists are pretty serious about that kind of thing, aren't they?
1: I guess, but maybe they're just not loud about it in the right way because I don't yeah. know that they exist. You know what I mean? Like
0: they're too busy slamming Islam and telling people that they're stupid for believing in God. Usually,
1: not yeah, secular that's not the humanists, part.
0: But atheists in general,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. The what, what is 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 is, it, is that. Uh, is that still exemplified by Dawkins or is that uh no oh, yeah totally god right like yeah no I, I want no part of that side of atheism like just the just the part where it's like hey uh it's like just be nice just be nice now like you know let's let's fucking like improve the world now cuz you're not going to get another shot at it so let's go right like I, I don't know. I, I feel like there yeah. there should be at least one hey. organization.
0: There, the the American Humanist Association's motto is "Good without a God." Hey, we, Ooh, we work like tirelessly this. in courts, legislatures, and communities to defend the liberties, secular governance, and scientific integrity. I feel okay. like there's still plenty of room for that. Like
2: mm. these guys <laughs> believe
0: in a desert spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, <both. laughs> In there, but well, yeah, apparently yeah, some. To that's some something extent.
2: I could get behind. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So I don't want to bring this down on a negative note, but one might infer that since there aren't really many prominent atheist volunteer organizations, mm-hmm. that might be because people don't usually get involved and volunteer unless their religion tells them to. So a lot of religions, like as part of your worship and faith, like it's required that you do charity work or, you know, there's organized, you know, soup kitchen days mm-hmm. and people go on missions. And I don't know what those other people do. And cause I'm in the atheist camp mostly, but, um, and I can say that myself and, most of my friends that I can think of, we've all done lots of charity work, and it seems like it was all pretty much secular. And nonetheless, though, I, if I'm as I'm thinking through all the organizations we worked with, I think a hundred percent of them had religious backing. Yeah. Not that that was prominent or focus, or you know, but their funding and their structure was all. From religious organizations.
0: I used to yeah. work for
2: a foundation,
0: and then I worked for a, an independent nonprofit clinic. And I feel like most of, well, the, but the foundation was explicitly Jewish, and it was explicitly coming from a place of service that is, that is run deep in Judaism. But I feel like a lot of the organizations we helped were like environmental charities and things, although that's different from working to directly make a difference in someone's life. Dang.
1: Yeah. I yeah. don't you know. Yeah, fuck.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm just saying. I'll take
2: that Jesus money, though. Let's <laughs> take that Jesus money and save the earth. You know, that is one thing I will say, though, is even though most of these volunteer organizations take the Jesus money, that does not affect overall how that money is implemented or utilized I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess if we were trying to give away free abortions, maybe they would have (laughs) things to say about that. But like handing out peanut butter and jelly sandwiches on the street, Mm -hmm. you know, you are welcome to do that, even if you don't praise Jesus while you do it.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I just I just I feel like there's a there's a hole like there's a conceptual hole. Uh, There's there's space in, in what I what my brain is labeling the charity market for like
2: you know i'm just i'm
1: just saying like that's 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 that's,
2: that's not an oxymoron nope <laughs> that's a
1: brain space that can be that can be filled uh with the right with the right messaging i'm i'm you know just somebody do it please
2: it's so needed and then we can rally people around atheism
1: in in a non-snide way that's the most important part
2: Very that true. is that
0: is key <laughs> yeah
1: I'd like I don't know. I would have to actually spend some time thinking about like the right the right way to craft that message, but I'm sure it could be done.
0: Good, I think good without God is, is a is a pretty great tagline, so something along those lines.
1: Yeah. Also, also yeah, that totally. hey,
0: we're all stuck here, assholes, this is the only life we get. So don't let's <laughs> make it not completely fucked up.
1: Right. Yes.
0: <laughs> Maybe don't phrase it that way, but you're
1: <laughs> it's time for one of us to give a terrible recommendation or showcase an idea from our guest. Ooh.
0: Um, yes. I have a terrible recommendation, which is just based on my Craigslist uh, uh, wanderings for furniture. Oh. Uh, my terrible recommendation Tell me more. is to yes. take an <laughs> office chair and cover it with gross, like, burner. Muppet fun fur. Oh no. And then try to hawk it for 75 bucks. And if that doesn't work, <laughs> four months later, try to hawk it for $95. Oh my God. I'm gonna have to send wow. you this link. I just saw it and was like, this can't be real. This
2: can't be the same chair. It is literally a. So there's like a maturation of that commodity. It is- <laughs> like, <laughs> over time, it goes up in value. Is- yeah, apparently it appreciates. <laughs>
0: it is a. It is honest to God a plain black office chair that someone has covered in pink fun fur and described it as a sweet feminine shabby chic style. Wow. So that's my terrible recommendation is just stick fun mm. fur on regular objects
2: and then <laughs> attempt to sell. Step them. two, make millions. <laughs> step two, get rich. <laughs> step one, fun fur. Yep. Step two <laughs>
0: step four <Well>. profit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, no, that is... That, that's I'm perfect and terrible. I'm
0: John right now. <laughs> I hope
1: it you gets the sense.
0: preview. <laughs> anyway, In that's my time, time a recommendation.
1: That's, can, that's perfect. Where can we find you, John. It's actually much easier uh, to find me and all the stuff that I do on the internet thanks to my friend Jen, uh, who is Jennifer Marie on Twitter. She's actually uh, a sometime guest co-host whose episodes you can find in the archive. Uh, My whole deal has been streamlined thanks to her. Just go to flavor.country for links to all of my social stuff, the Instagram, the Twitter, uh, and the newsletter I write, which I guarantee you will like.
2: I am a subscriber myself. Me too. I, I
1: thank you all
2: i can attest to that fact awesome so um if people want to find me on the internet um i am at jerry ann on all of the things and that is spelled g-e-r-i-a-y-n just to mix it up a little uh but fair warning Folks, I'm kind of off the internet at the moment, so all of those accounts are there, but you'll see they're kind of dormant. I'm taking a little internet time out, so while I'm living in the woods in New York away from San Francisco, I'm basically a recovering tech entrepreneur living like a hermit in a cabin in the woods, so I don't really do much on the internet, but you could still find me there.
1: That sounds so lovely.
2: Oh, it is. We could have a whole episode on that and just, like, living in the woods, like, wilderness-related ideas. So, they will not be relatable to 99% of your audience, but they occur to me pretty much every day. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Like, no one else that is listening chops wood or, like, has chickens that they're taking care of and needs to, like, yeah. I just come up with (laughs) ideas. You never know. But another episode about the wilderness
1: awesome Besha what about you
0: you can find me on twitter at Besha B-E-S-H-A lovely and uh hey friends if you haven't yet go ahead and subscribe to this show by searching for Idea Factory giveaway in your podcast app of choice and if you don't find it let John know if you're already there please if you'd like give us a five star rating and a nice review it will help us out a lot and it will make me feel better about my student loans
1: Thank you. And remember, if you heard an idea you like, go ahead and do it. I just want credit. And I want a cut. <laughs>